Welcome to The Step, a podcast for and about unstoppable women. I'm your host, comedian Ego Wodem. Last season, we heard from brilliant women who stand up for what they believe in. This season, we're celebrating those women who boldly take up space and relentlessly push forward in pursuit of their dreams. Join us. This episode of The Step by Pop Sugar is presented by Sorel Footwear. Oh my goodness, hustle but rest. Rise and grind, but take time for self-care. You can't pour from an empty cup, but show up for the people you care about. My goodness, with mixed messages like that, striking a balance between chasing your ambitions and taking care of yourself can be pretty stressful. Hitting all of your goals is only worth it if you're happy while you hit them. I swore to myself, if I wasn't here for this week, then Mm -hmm. I was never going to make it. And it's just not true. So we got to find the magic in the middle of life's messes. Life is happening to you right now. So we've got to stop putting our living off for later. That's Zuri Hall. You may recognize her as the Emmy award-winning host from Access Hollywood and American Ninja Warrior. But Zuri also hosts her own podcast, Hot Happy Mess where she champions being mindfully ambitious. Zuri, welcome to The Step. Ego, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on The Step. Of course, what a thrill, what a thrill. I'm so happy you're here. So this season, we're kicking off each episode by asking our guests this question. What is one quote, mantra, or piece of advice you find yourself constantly going back to? Ooh, I would say be kind always and work hard. That's been my motto is pretty straightforward. But since the very beginning, you know, the same people you see on the way up, you see on the way down. Um, and it's not that hard to be a, a kind person. I think <laughs> so, I know. thought you were going to say it's not that hard to be on your way down. Um, but you yeah, know, that too, that too. So, you know, <laughs> the universe will catch you slipping. So keep, uh-huh. it, keep it cute. Keep it cute. Yeah. You know, yes, that's good <laughs> advice. That is good advice. I say kindness. Kindness yeah. is everything. So um, yeah. solid advice from you, Zuri. We're going to steal that and put it in our little pocketbooks. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're going to get right into uh, these questions because you are such an inspirational woman. You have really carved out a wonderful path for yourself. And I'm so curious to see where it goes and, and excited for you. So what was it about entertainment that drew you into the industry? Growing up, I was always super passionate about the arts, the performing arts. So Mm -hmm. from a very early age, I'm talking like five or six years old, I was writing plays. I was writing music. I was holding my family hostage at holidays and putting on performances that none of them wanted to watch. (laughs) So um, performing was always just in my blood. And for the longest, that's what I knew I wanted to do. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be on screen. My first versions of that love were acting and singing. And so through high school and college, that's what I did. I I did a lot of commercial acting um, when I was in college, pay the bills, like side hustle and also get some screen time. And then, yeah, I minored in theater at Ohio State and grew up in children's theater workshop. I did improv at UCB in New York. So that was like my love. And then I was about to graduate from Ohio State and I was like, I need a job. And (laughs) I didn't know what that was going to look like. And I stumbled into this advertisement online. When I tell you the struggle was real, I I was on Mm -hmm. Craigslist like, do you promise not to kill me? Because I'll come oh I'll, I'll go up for the casting. <laughs> Listen, we've all been on Craigslist. I have a good friend of mine who is on television, met her husband uh-huh. via a Craigslist ad. She wasn't Stop. looking for love on, she wasn't looking for love on Craigslist. It was oh, like, okay. moved to LA, 
was like, I do makeup and was like, I'll find a makeup job for a a set on Craigslist and is married to this person now. Really? Um, but we all had our Craigslist days and people who right? say they didn't, uh, I'm like, lying. No, you're lying. It's a lie. It's um, a lie. I get it. Okay. So Craigslist, some from Craigslist <laughs> too. Shout out to Craigslist. <laughs> from Craigslist to some random other internet website where there was a yeah. posting saying, do you want to be the face of this local TV station? And I was about to graduate and I was like, I want to be the face of it, especially if it's paid, which it mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a part-time gig. So I drove from Columbus to Indianapolis in my 99 four tours hoopty with no air conditioning. It was hot as hell because it was like a <laughs> sticky, humid Ohio, late spring, almost summer. And mm-hmm. I auditioned along with a few hundred other people. And long story short, it was competition style. Think American Idol, but at the local level. And when you win, <laughs> you just get like a part-time gig at the station. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, that is pretty remarkable. And what was your major? Because I know you said you mind Mm -hmm. your minor, but what was your major? Yeah, my major was strategic communication with a focus on mass external audiences, which was basically them being mad extra to say PR. Like I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was thinking I'd do PR in the entertainment industry as my quote unquote backup plan. I don't really do the whole backup plan thing or really mm-hmm. believe in them. So it was more about this is what I'm going to say in conversations in rooms where my parents are so that mm-hmm. they can be like our daughter has a right. future and not, right, not right. be stressed so much of what we do is about our parents i'm telling yes. you and just um, you got you, you gotta make them proud otherwise they're like why did i bring you right. here right. i needed another human to make me proud um, <laughs> so what you said that you don't really believe in backup plans though why yeah. why is that because i think when you start p- spending as much time on if I fail as you do on how I'll succeed. You kind of are um, even subconsciously, I wouldn't speaking that into existence is strong. I don't, I don't believe it to that extreme, but Mm -hmm. you're entertaining those ideas in a way that gives them life. And I don't really want to speak life into or pour into any idea or intention that doesn't serve me. Mm -hmm. And look, I have my moments and I have my days where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm just going to like quit everything and go live on a farm. Like Mm -hmm. whatever. <laughs> but for the most part, I go all in. And then when it seems like something isn't working out, when I've pounded the pavement for long enough and it's time to pivot, I'm all about a pivot. Don't get it twisted. Right. I'm, I'm not overly proud. I'm not super stubborn. I've always been very flexible about how I get to my end destinations and my goals, but I stick to them. And then it is, it would take a long time for me to realize, okay, you know what, this isn't working period. And I've got to pivot. That's what it was like for me with music. But when I was pursuing it, when I was singing and songwriting and I was recording and I was on Craigslist looking for those castings and I was on the Greyhound bus driving, well, not the bus driver was driving. Girl, I was whipping the Greyhound. I was on the Greyhound, uh, Mm -hmm. snatching my bags and telling, trying to give everybody the stink eyes so I didn't get Mm -hmm. run up on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would be in New York and just hustling and recording. And after many years of that, I was like, okay, this isn't quite working. Like I'm making some movement, but the movement is disproportionate to the, the product, the outcome. And at that mm-hmm. point, it's like, all right, it's time to pivot. And then I check mm-hmm. in with myself and I say, what is my spirit saying now? What feels like it would serve me best now? And mm-hmm. then I get the quote unquote backup plan together, but it's not really a backup plan. I've decided mm-hmm. to pivot away from, right. from what I thought I was going to do initially. 
Yeah. So you're going wholeheartedly um, mm-hmm. in the direction of your goals and your dreams. And you get, as you said, not entertaining the possibility that they won't work out, but yeah. then also applying logic to be like, Hey, I need to take a beat here to assess the situation, see how much progress is being made, feel out how likely this is, what's working, what's not. And perhaps there's room for me to try something else, but you're still in the realm. I mean, you're still in entertainment. I I think that's, that's really remarkable. I used to be in an acting class in LA and I feel like in LA, there are a lot of acting classes. I've said this, maybe not probably (laughs) that feel like cults. They're not cults, but Mm. there's sort of like, we're a family yes. and we're going to stay yep. in this class for five years and, 100%. and we'll hang out with each other and we'll rehearse outside of class and no shade to those situations. I, I think it's, it's, it's important that people hone their craft. However, I always found it curious watching people take those paths wholeheartedly, put everything into it. And, and it would trick them, I feel like, into thinking they were working towards their goals in an active mm-hmm. way still like three, mm-hmm. four years later. So I remember quitting my acting class, which was actually not one of those. I'll say my teacher, she was fantastic. Shout out to Annie Grinley, but she does not, she doesn't run a cult style place. Right. But I remember when I left those classes, my big thing was I need to get some return on investment ROI. I was like, I just, I've been investing a lot. I've been in class regularly. I've been paying a lot of money. So when you brought up your path as a singer and songwriter, and saying to yourself, okay, the outcomes, it's not looking the way I want it to at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of disproportionate right now. Yeah. Um, what can I do differently? And I, I think that is really important that people can have those sort of realistic conversations and realistically assess their situation because it is beautiful to have a dream, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's so beautiful to have a dream. But then in order to get to point from point A to point B, I think it requires some realistic assessment. So while you say you don't believe in backup plans, you are still really flexible, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, that's you exactly know? it. Flexibility. And I, I'm yeah. not big on backup plans, but I am a big fan of the pivot. I am okay yeah. with walking away <laughs> from a thing. I'm yeah. just not okay with spending as much energy thinking about how I'll walk away as yeah. I am when I'm still in it. And then it goes to presence and mindfulness, right? When I am in this moment, I am fully immersed in this moment, in this chapter, and what it is I'm trying to achieve. I think about athletes on game day and, and out, you'll see somebody say, we're winning this game. We're, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're doing this. And there mm-hmm. is no room for doubt. And mm-hmm. something about that mentally just puts mm-hmm. you in a different place. And look, maybe you still lose the game. But right. showing up to the game, like, okay, guys, so if we lose, just remember, we're all winners in our heart. You don't do that. No, you don't right, do that right. when you show up to play. You play to win. Right. And then maybe right. you lose and that's okay. But you play to win. There's this Michael Jordan quote. I'm going to bastardize right now because I have only <laughs> I love seen to bastardize of- a quote. Listen, girl, well, well, you got your lady for that. Playing like you've never lost, but practicing like you've never won. And I, mm. I mean, when I hear that you mentioned the athletes and like we're going to the Super Bowl, and yeah, they may end up still losing, but they played as though yes. they don't know how to lose. And that's, exactly. I mean, that will get you further than considering your backup plans or what you're going to do if should you fail. So I think that's great. You now you said something about being mindful mm-hmm. as well it seems you use the term mindfully ambitious at some point mm-hmm. what exactly yeah. does it mean to you to be mindfully ambitious 
Yeah. For the longest time, particularly in my twenties, I was all about ambitious, ambition, ambition, ambition. And, and that was it. And that mm-hmm. reflected my life at that time. I lived to work. I didn't work to live, which is how I approach mm-hmm. my life and my <laughs> career now. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to take a vacation day. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time it was just grind, grind, grind. And I took pride in that. I even took pride in the burnout associated with it as mm-hmm. particularly um, when it comes to American sensibilities, we really glamorize and romantic romanticize, digging ourselves into an early grave, working ourselves into the grave. I haven't taken a vacation in three years. And what? That's cute. That's worthy of applause. Are you you proud of that? And, And I used to be that person. So I was just ambitious. In my late 20s, I found myself so burnt out, which is something that a lot of millennials particularly can relate to when you look at stats and research, because we were raised with this idea of live your best life, right? That's Mm -hmm. something we've only ever heard or known. And then we came Mm -hmm. out into the real world, into this terrible economy, the jobs that we spent all this money uh, studying for didn't exist and we were jaded and we didn't have much to show for all of our efforts. And at a certain point in my late twenties, I realized what do I have to show for all of my efforts outside Mm. of the boxes I've ticked? I work at this job. I did that show. I I hosted with this person and that's awesome. But outside Mm. of that, I was not present in my own life. So I was miserable any time that I wasn't working because I wasn't mindful when it came to any other area. And at a certain point for me, it became, okay, I can be ambitious. I am an ambitious woman. I always will be. And I love that about myself, but I need to do it mindfully. I need to say, okay, I can show up for my ambition and be fully present in that moment. But then I also need to be mindful when it comes to my entire life. And so approach my ambition from the perspective of mindfulness in that wherever I am, that is where I am. So when I'm home, I'm not at work. When I am on a date with my boyfriend, I'm not at work. When I am meditating or with my girlfriends or with family, I'm not at work. So just encouraging ambitious women, particularly to be mindful in that, be aware of the ambition so that you can keep it in check. Because at a certain point, it's not serving us, it's draining us. Right, right. I mean, you said so many things that I just relate to so much. I also, when I was in LA for all of my 20s. I used to be, this is right out of college. I I did improv and I had teammates be like, want to grab a drink after? And I'd be like, no, I love socializing, but I was like, I haven't achieved my goals. I should not be out hanging out on a Wednesday or a Thursday, or sometimes even a Friday or a Saturday, if I have not achieved my goals. And I, it was, I was so scared of becoming someone who moved to LA and then just got accustomed to the laid back lifestyle yeah. and, and got comfortable with, well, I moved from my hometown and that's an accomplishment in and of itself, which that is a, a pretty brave thing for one to do. But I just had so many other goals beyond that. And I was always right. so concerned about, being lazy or not giving my all to my goals. And that for me at the time in my twenties meant like, yeah, burning myself out, being like, I've given it every piece Mm -hmm. of me and I don't leave room for enjoyment or leisure because we can't can't have that if you haven't achieved X, Y, or Z. And that's, um, I was like, that is, you have to earn the leisure. But I, but I do, I look back and I go, oh, I wish I would have enjoyed my twenties more. But also in my late twenties is when I experienced burnout. And I was like, this is not a way to go about living. Like you're you're still alive. Life is still happening. You should still pursue your goals. But 
you're you're only this age once and you're in the city once with this group of people once you're you're at a special stage a juncture in your life um and that's also meant to be enjoyed while pursuing that's exactly it yeah. that's yeah. exactly it yeah i mean hitting all of your goals is only worth it if you're happy while you hit them and i want to look back at my life and like our, our lives are happening now the only moment we'll ever have is the moment we're in for sure that's all we know for sure and right. i look back and my heart breaks a little bit just like you you know when i mm-hmm. think about some of the the opportunities i passed on not studying abroad not going on this spring mm-hmm. break trip with my friends and yeah. when i think about what i gave up i won't have that week of memories with my friends, but I can't even remember what it was that I passed on that opportunity for. But in the moment I swore to myself, if I wasn't here for this week, then, Mm -hmm. you know, I was never going to make it. And it's just, it's not true. So that's really what happy mess is about for me is reminding millennial women, particularly, Hey, we, we got to find the magic in the middle of life's messes. Life is happening to you right now. So we've got to stop putting our living off for later. That is so great. And it makes sense why you've arrived where you currently are. Not that there, I have this whole idea that there's really no arriving and we're constantly evolving and in pursuit of one thing or another. And the pursuit mm-hmm. itself is beautiful. Um, yeah. But with such a journey, did you ever see yourself becoming a TV host and journalist or did you, mm-hmm. any part of your mind say, oh, I see myself becoming a TV host? No, honestly, I, I did not. That was not something that I really considered or tossed around. When I think back at that, I'm kind of surprised that I never seriously considered it before. I mean, I always grew up watching Oprah Winfrey and really admiring not just the fact that she was a black woman on national television, rising to the level of success and stature that she did at the time that she did, but also the multi-hyphenate of it all, the way that she branched out, the way that she refused to be put in the box of just a TV host. She's an executive producer. She's acting. She's in Chicago doing this show on her terms via syndication. And I just loved the fully fleshed out career that she carved for herself. So when I looked at her, it wasn't like, oh, I exactly want to do what she's doing with hosting necessarily. It was more like I want to carve out a multi-hyphenate career for myself in the way that she has, the philanthropy that she's so committed to. So I always admired that. But I'll be honest, it wasn't until I won that competition to become the the face of the local station and I started doing the local lifestyle interviews, the fun fluff pieces. I would go to the parade and report live from the the local winery opening and and things like that. Once I decide to do a thing, it's like, okay, I want to be the best at this thing. So once I started doing that and I took to it like a fish to water, it was, I still got to engage with people, communicate, connect. I got to be myself. I was pretty shy growing up. Honestly, I was very reserved. Yeah. I I still have those moments. People think I'm a true extrovert. So then they're like, oh my God, is she a bitch or does she have me? I'm like, I promise I'm probably just feeling as awkward as you are. Like I, I get really shy sometimes still. People mm-hmm. expect whoever they see on camera. Um, but when I was in Indianapolis doing that, I was like, oh, I like this. And I like the permission it gives me to be my full, most vibrant self, the, the, the self that my closest family and friends get. And so as soon as I decided I wanted to do it, I wanted to do it to the top. So my immediate goal was I want to be national by 25 on national television. My next goal was I want to be on E! News. I felt like at that time, the E-Red carpet, I wanted to be alongside Juliana. I wanted to be alongside Ryan Seacrest. I was like, I want to do the best of whatever it is I'm doing. And both of those things happened. I got my first national gig at 24 and a half. I joined E! News by the time I was, I think, 27. My next goal was to be on broadcast network level 
cool entertainment news programming. And that opportunity came when I joined Access Hollywood a couple years ago. And now I'm doing that in Ninja Warrior on NBC. So I, wow. once I decided to do it, I, I went in. I got my yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. That mentality, I've always said, I am impressed with anyone, whomever they may be, who chooses to be the best at whatever it is they do. Um, yeah. And I and I think that that is such an inspirational way to go about living while also whatever it is that you love and are passionate about. Right. It doesn't have to be a job, but what, something it is something that you're passionate about pursuing it with your full presence and and just desire to be the best at it is always so great for me to see. It makes me so happy to see people doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so would you say you're currently working your dream job? I would. I would say more than a specific dream job, like my dream life and career, which I feel even more blessed to be able to say that. Like these are my dreams coming true. I have so many of them, right? I've never had one specific dream job. It was more like a fully fleshed out career. And from a very holistic standpoint, like my dream is to have a job that fulfills me with a team that appreciates me and a work culture that celebrates and prioritizes kindness and respect for the people around you. And in that sense, I've never had a better job. I really mean that working at access with our, with my co-hosts and our leadership and my colleagues and our crew, everyone, they're just good people. And I can't, anyone who's worked anywhere for more than like a few years knows it's rare to be able to say that you get a bunch of people together who are only there for one thing. The the common thread is the job. It's inevitable that, you know, things (laughs) don't always pan Mm -hmm. out personality wise. And yet here they've really developed something special. It feels like family. And that's the biggest blessing for me. I want to show up in a space and work with people who don't make it feel like work. And that can sound cliche, but I have certainly had the jobs where I'm like, Lord, let me clock in. (laughs) Let me get the time card and just punch in so I can punch out. And on camera, it was a dream job, quote unquote, but it it didn't feel that way for me because of the environment. So in that sense, yeah, this is my dream job. And I'm in the middle of carving out that that dream career. hot, happy mess and the lifestyle component, the the emphasis on wellness, that was the next step that I needed. You know, I love reporting. I love entertainment news coverage. I love the true crime stuff I do. But at my core, what I really want is to serve others, serve women particularly, and especially women of color through conversation and connection and feeling more seen and heard. And the podcast, particularly with the Black Effect Network, allows for that space. And I'm excited to to create more opportunities for that connection. So yeah, we're working on the holistic version of my dream career now. We're going to do a quick message from our sponsor and be right back with some rapid fire questions. Your shoes tell a story about not only who you are, but where you're heading. Because of that, your footwear should be as bold as you are. That's why Sorel Footwear has designed shoes that define and defy the trends. From classic and sporty sandals to wear all week wedges and platforms. These shoes level up your look, literally. Well, okay, well, we're going to play a little game. Um, okay. I'm just going to hit you with a few this or that type questions. And I don't want you to think. Don't okay. think, just answer. Okay. All right, are you ready? I'm so ready. I love not thinking. Let's okay, do it. Okay, good. <laughs> Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. 
dang, why? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it. I, I know, like, I love no, it. I just, <laughs> I've never felt older than when I'm on TikTok, like trying right. to learn the dances and the things. So I the go dance- to Instagram where I feel not old. <laughs> yes, the dances stress me out. Every time I'm like, so I've never been on TikTok. Really? Um, yeah, I, I feel like I would go there and, and yeah, feel so much older than I actually am. And <laughs> also fail miserably at all dances because I, I struggle with choreography. I mean, like, I, okay. can, I can dance, I can freestyle for you, but I yeah. can't tell me what to do and when to put there, there can There can be no plan to the dance. Otherwise, no. it's, it's game over. I feel No, like I just got to feel it in my bones. Um, <laughs> okay, next one. Do not think what you love doing. Okay. Um, yep, yep pastels or neutrals neutrals oh my god i hate pastels okay what hates a strong word hates a strong word i also I know something else you hate based on your instagram um <laughs> oh my god vegetables no everybody no 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 you got the fruit. 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 fruit it's so weird i don't like the consistency the texture i don't like that it rots they have pits in them what's that all about like don't even get me started it's so weird oh. okay you hate pastels do you hate easter <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say it, but oh, yes. No, I'm kidding. I love Easter <laughs> Resurrection Sunday. Come on, y'all. Yes, yes. I love Easter. I don't okay. hate pastels. That was a bit aggressive of me, but okay, I, don't, okay, okay. I don't love them. So like the baby blues and the baby pinks, I'm like, eh. Neutrals, mm-hmm. love it. Ivory, okay. cream, whites, grayages, black, okay. gray, like just anything. Okay kind of in the middle because yeah I'm lazy and I think it takes too much effort to try to put clothes on that aren't neutral right right I wore all black for several years straight before (laughs) I moved to New York ironically and because I was like black just makes me feel like I'm an adult I've got it together it was all a ruse though because I did not have it together but I was in my all black Um, but you were to finesse the people into exactly. the people and I gotta say the people were finessed the um, people were like you know who has it together that girl is all black <laughs> and it was a lie okay so next one is early bird or night owl night owl I hate waking up before 8 a.m okay are you like cranky in the mornings? Like Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. I I don't want to talk before. I don't want to talk actually ever. So it doesn't matter <laughs> before coffee, before food. I just don't want to talk before noon. So oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. I respect this. I used to get in trouble when I was younger for coming downstairs, uh-huh. like say Christmas weekend or something. And my family's yeah. still over coming downstairs just trying to like grab a snack or a drink and not saying hi to anybody because I'm like, it's morning. We shouldn't have to talk to each other in the morning. (laughs) You know what? I am so triggered. You saying that I immediately go back to like staying at my aunt's and uncle's houses. Oh, you're not going to say hi to nobody. Good morning. I'm like, I just got here. I just joined the land of the living five seconds ago. Like I right. Exactly. Don't make me talk. Um, Right. Okay. Well, you and I could go somewhere in the morning time and And be just fine. Yeah, we would be perfect. Um, (laughs) Okay. Heels or flats? Flats all day. Okay. Okay. All right. That's easy. I feel like, do you have to wear heels a lot for work? Not as much as you might suspect. When I'm covering red carpets, I actually tend to wear flats because they never shoot our feet. So why would I go through the pain for no reason? Um, And then when I'm in the studio, I pop them on for the hour that I'm shooting on set. And then those bad boys come off immediately. 
Oh my goodness, your feet must be gorgeous. They're actually <laughs> awful. I hate my feet and I hide them like the plague. Oh my goodness. Um, I actually, I had surgery on both of them. Fun fact, back when I was in college, like right before I left for college. Oh God, it's such an unsexy word, but maybe, maybe <laughs> I had a bunionectomy. Like, I don't okay. want to talk about okay, it. Maybe, this maybe. The Just first time have. I've ever talked about it, but yeah, I, so I hate my feet. Okay, I get that. My friend swears that I... He picks on me and he we've been on vacation together a few times and he's like, you're going to have to have bunions removed. And I was like, I don't have bunions. He's like, they're going to be in a few years. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, if you need a doctor, I know a guy. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Dinner or dessert? Oh, dinner. I love food. Okay. Yeah. I see your Instagram. Yes, girl. girl. Uh, You and I. Mm. Yeah, we both. You know what's up. (laughs) Yes. Now, would you say that you've had your dream interview happen yet? Yes. Oh, okay. oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> um, so, well, there. I always like to tell the story of like Leonardo DiCaprio, the first time I interviewed him, just because I almost threw up on him. <laughs> I got food poisoning the, oh. day, the morning of the interview. Oh. And girl, I was asking for it. I ate some leftover Thai food that had been on the counter overnight with chili flakes and seafood oh, in it. Oh, okay. okay. And, right. Well, so this was a choice, right? <laughs> Like, no, I did this to myself, so I don't deserve the pity. Okay, Um, okay, I'll withhold. Okay. Um, So I, but it was the first time that I was interviewing him and I was still pretty new to Hollywood and the whole entertainment news thing. So I was so excited, but the excitement translated into butterflies, which were not a situation that I needed when my stomach was already on one. I Mm -hmm. definitely puked on the red carpet in the trash can outside of the tented carpet. It was for the Revenant premiere. And and I was like, oh my God, these people are going to think I'm like showing up drunk to the carpet or just like... (laughs) whatever the heck, but I definitely checked a bucket into the trash can and then power walked into the carpet and it took everything in me to keep it together because I was freaking out. Oh my gosh. I was so bad the whole time. I was like, I just want to lay down, but of course. Oh my goodness. You had your Jordan um, flu game. You had your version of that. It was your Jordan flu game. Yes, precisely. Precisely. Um, We got it done. It was awesome. But Oprah is the, I mean, that's just, that's the queen right there because yeah. I've admired her for so long. And she's someone whose work I respect. They always say, don't meet your idols, right? What I love mm-hmm. most about her is every time that I've engaged with her, spoken with her, she has poured into me in such a gracious way, given me personal advice, shared her wisdom. She just has a gift. When you meet her, you realize immediately why she's Oprah, you know, like she was Oprah before she was Oprah, you know, her gifts and her talent and her energy made space for all of that. So she takes the cake hands down. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Is there someone else that you'd love to interview that you haven't yet? Mm-hmm. I would love to interview our former first lady, my forever first lady, <laughs> Michelle Obama. Oh, gosh. Yes. Okay. Yes. If I could just get a, like a, a 20 minute deep dive, a 30 minute sit down, I'll say four minutes 
in you know, four <laughs> minutes, 30 seconds. But I would love to sit down with her at some point because, I mean, for obvious reason, it goes right. without saying all of the reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I love that you put it out there. I want this for yes. you so badly. I want it. Yes. I, it would be a win for us. I would love Thank to. Thank you. <laughs> yes. you go. Can you help me manifest? Let's just I send am. out the vibes. I am. I'm putting the vibe out. I'm like, she's going to get it no shorter than four minutes and 30 seconds. I receive it. Okay. Thank you. Um, well, I, I love this. And I mean, it seems like you're always working and we talked a bit about burnout and sort of getting to the place where you started to value self-care more. Just for our listeners, how do you avoid burnout? You specifically? Um, um, well, I will say, like, I can't even lie. Full disclosure, I am in the middle of a burnout moment right now, which okay. is why I'm about to hop this flight to Ohio and do okay. what I do best when I get to that point, which mm-hmm. is zone out and be around people I love. I'm going to go be with my family and, and my closest friends and just recharge. And that is what helps me usually with burnout. I kind of have to have a, a touchstone of people that know me and love me and can suspend expectations of me (laughs) to allow space for me to just be Mm. and rest. So I'm excited for that. That's one big thing. Normally when I'm in, at my best self and in my daily and weekly practice, meditation, mm-hmm. as, as cliche, everyone's like, oh, just meditate and we'll be fine. Like, I will say there is something to be said for consistently carving out even 10 minutes to yourself every day mm-hmm. for just quiet and stillness. And I always say it's really important to know like meditation doesn't have to look like pull out the yoga mat, start homing and like playing, <laughs> playing the chants and um, the sound bowls. It can. And I certainly do that. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's sitting in my car with no music, closing my eyes and just resting, just sitting mm-hmm. there for 10 minutes. That small bit of stillness does a lot to kind of restore me and get me going for maybe that bought me another hour, another couple yeah. of hours. And those hours add up and then suddenly you've gotten through the day. So taking time for stillness. I am so in love with the word no these days, mm-hmm. mostly because I've spent most of my life not using it. And I'm still, <laughs> I'm still not great at it. Like I still feel bad. I still uh, fall into the practice of overextending myself, but I'm getting mm-hmm. much better at just saying, no, thank you. Or I would love to do that opportunity. But right now it's just too much social engagement. Sometimes it's with right. even my friends and it's just as much as I know, I'm going to have FOMO in the moment when y'all are living your best life on Instagram story. What I'm mm-hmm. not going to regret is when I'm kicked up on my couch with this bottle of wine by myself, <laughs> not trying to glue this lash onto my eye to yeah. go out to whatever club just to be bumping into people for three hours mm-hmm. just to come home and be like, why did I do it? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying no is, is, a, is a form of self-care for me also. that is. These are some hot tips right now. <laughs> I so understand your desire to be around your family and friends and those who back home who don't require the same thing the rest of the world requires of you to be on, especially if you say you're um, actually pretty shy. I'm wondering, are you a bit of an introvert then? Right. So because you said I clocked you earlier saying, I don't want to talk to I don't want to talk ever, (laughs) Um, which I was like, oh, she sounds like an introvert. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I think that I lean that way a lot of the times as well. And I have uh, castmates at the show who some I think people would be surprised to learn are extreme introverts. And because they see one thing on camera on television, they think that's you all the time. And it's like, 
No, I sometimes I just want to chill. Okay. (laughs) I just want to chill and I don't want you to require anything of me. And those are the spaces. Yeah. I I tend to gravitate towards when I need to restore myself. Now you seem to be quite a connoisseur of self-care. If I might say so myself, that's the label I'm giving you. Okay. Um, (laughs) You you got it sorted out. And you mentioned wanting to bring that sort of mentality to women of color and those communities and conversations with women of color, hence your podcast. How would you say self-care becomes more equitable? Mm. I think the biggest thing when it comes to equity in that space is one, just welcoming Black women particularly, but women of color, generally speaking, we know when it comes to Black women in healthcare, just period, believing Mm -hmm. us is the biggest and first step. And nobody wants to believe us when we say, I'm I'm hurting, I feel pain. There's this idea that we're so strong and we are, but we Mm -hmm. shouldn't have to be. And we've worn it as a badge of honor, but it's a burden very often that we've had to carry because we don't have another choice. There, There was a stat I was reading where People have actually, when they're asked, you know, can this person withstand more pain? Can this person withstand more pain? Quite literally, physical pain. The Mm -hmm. the expectation or assumption that Black women can withstand more pain than a white counterpart blows my mind. And yet there are people who believe that, who think that. And, you know, I have my closest friends and I were going into that chapter of marriage and babies. And my best friend is a doctor herself and just had this terrible experience of going to the hospital and saying, I'm in pain. This is specifically what's happening to me. I want to speak to a doctor. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't listen to her. They kept bringing in, I think it was a nurse or whoever it was. And she was like, with all due respect, I would like to speak to a doctor. And this is why. And they minimized her pain. They minimized what she was saying. She didn't tell them that she herself was a doctor at that time. And it was only after she pushed, after she pulled her doctor card, after she mm-hmm. escalated to the point that no patient should have to escalate, that the doctor mm-hmm. came in and finally saw her. And so I right. think the first big step is making space for black women to be heard and feel seen Mm -hmm. and be told that how you feel matters is important. And I think also normalizing conversations around mental wellness and mental health, particularly when you consider the stigma attached to therapy for one Mm -hmm. in in the black community, you know, I didn't grow up being told, Oh, maybe we need to take you to a therapist to work this out. Or maybe we should do family therapy. Oh, we're navigating a divorce. Let's all talk this out. It was kind of just like a chin up, stiff upper lip, get through it. And that has served me in in certain moments and chapters of my life. But at a certain point, I, I just said, There has to be a better way to do this. There has to be a different way, right? We hear right Right. now Prince Harry, Meghan Markle talking very often about that exact thing. Just because something has been one way for a long time doesn't mean it has to continue to be that way. And so I think normalizing these conversations around wellness and creating spaces where Black women feel not just welcome, but a part of the conversation, a driving part of the conversation. That's Mm -hmm. the first step to equity in the space, in my opinion. I have nothing to add to that because (laughs) (laughs) I could not agree more. Um, And yeah, I I have personally had experiences in the healthcare field where I'm going to see 
a doctor, which I never do because I think as a black woman, I'm like, they're not going to believe me anyway uh, when I right. tell them I'm in, unless they're like, unless something shows up on a scan, which then I also have to convince them to do, to uh, the place. Exactly. Uh, I'm, you know, so I, I think what you said is so brilliant and spot on as far as making self-care more equitable for all women, all people. Mm-hmm. I also didn't grow up with therapy being part of the conversation, but it has in the short time I've been in therapy made such an impact in my life and the way I show up in the world and the way I just show up at work and relationships and the amount of compassion I'm able to have for other people. And so it does go such a long way. And I I do too similarly wish that we can get to a place where it is accessible for everyone. And it's Mm -hmm. part of the conversation for all people um, and and not just a portion of the population. I'm going to do our final question. So because we want to get you out of here, we want to get you to your (laughs) self-care trip in Ohio. (laughs) I want you in Ohio, girl. I want you in Ohio chilling. Um, Okay. What inspires you to constantly push yourself to reach new heights, Zuri? Mm, what inspires me to constantly push myself? You know, it's twofold. No, actually, it's threefold. So the first thing is my family. You know, I'm such a family person. I love them. I don't see them nearly as much as I'd like to because I'm living in Los Angeles and I've not lived home since I was 21 because I've always just been grinding it out. But they inspire me to to push myself to reach new heights because so much of what I do is not just for me, but for them. I want a better life for the people around me. I want to be able to empower and put them on my closest friends, my family members too. And it's important to know that's not anything they expect of me. That's just something Mm -hmm. that I want because they've poured into me so Mm -hmm. much and they've had my back so often throughout the years. So they inspire me. The women who are born into similar situations, whether it's the little black girl in the Midwest, who's like, I have big city dreams on the coast, but I don't know how I'm ever going to get there. I push and I strive because I want to be an example of a girl who grew up in the inner city of Toledo, Ohio, and got the full ride, did the academic scholarship, got through school and found her way to the life of her dreams in Los Angeles. I want to be proof that it's possible so that those little girls and boys of all backgrounds really can see themselves reflected in my story and find some sense of inspiration or encouragement in that. And then finally, me, I just, it's in me to to push myself. I enjoy being better today than I was yesterday. I enjoy proving to myself that I can do a thing that was hard. And so I I do it because it feels good to, to reach new heights because the higher you go, the more expansive the view becomes. And mm-hmm. the most important and special part of that is, is sharing the view and sharing that vantage point with the people that I care about. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that you mm-hmm. inspire you. I think that yeah. is excellent. And there is there's such power in that. So thank you for sharing that with us. And honestly, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank it was you. wonderful, absolutely me. wonderful talking to you. So thank you, Zuri, and have a safe trip. Thank you. So yes. good to talk to you. And we need to see each other in person one of these yes. days. We're going to yes. visualize that in addition to my sit down with Michelle. Oh, well, yes, 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 yes. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Power in our thoughts. We're going to make it happen. Thank you again, Zuri. Talk thank soon. you, Ega. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Step by Pop Sugar. A huge shout out to Sorel making powerful footwear for powerful people. You can find the Step by Pop Sugar at popsugar.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends, and tune in next week. This episode of the Step by Pop Sugar is presented by Sorel, powerful footwear for unstoppable individuals. 